Good evening, everyone. This is Marcia Lee, Cut the BS, Your Health, Your Choice podcast. Today, I have the esteemed honor to have Samora Scott on my platform. So let me read you her bio. She is a licensed mental health counselor in the state of New York. She was born and raised in Syracuse, New York, and graduated from Corcoran High School in 2008. She went on to State University of New York, Cortland, where she earned a bachelor's degree in psychology. She was so motivated to learn more, so she pursued a mental health counseling degree at St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York, where she currently resides. She has committed her life's purpose to a mission that focuses on helping others learn to become emotionally intelligent through therapy. She is always working creatively and collaboratively with individuals to create the narrative of life that they could be authentically happy with. Life is a teacher. We all have trauma. Perspective and how we interpret the world will determine how we embrace the journey of life. She wants life to be lived to its fullest and she's committed to helping individuals who commit to helping themselves. She also offers individual and group counseling sessions, specializing in youth and adult anxiety, depression, substance abuse, trauma, and more. She is excited to help you on your journey. If being resilient sounds like something that can help you, please reach out and get mental health resources that will enhance your life. So again, welcome some more. You want to um, tell us a little about yourself and what made you go on this journey? Yeah, um, I'm extremely excited to be here. And I thank you, Marcia. Um, every time we've talked, it's just been very, very enlightening. Um, the reason why I wanted to go on this journey is to simply let people know that um, I think we tend to get this idea that therapists are perfect and they're not. Um, just as well as the one person is going on our journey, I am definitely on a journey as well, um, healing parts of myself that I didn't even know I had to heal, right? So, um, you know, you, I know you're probably going to get into it, but why I decided to get into um, therapy really wasn't something that I guess I'm going to say I decided. Um, mm -hmm. It was placed on me at a, at a point earlier on in life. I started to, and what I mean by that, I started to recognize mental health in my family. And I, and I just wanted to know more, like, why is this behavior happening in my family? So that's where I started. Oh yes, and that's and that's very interesting. And I want to, and it's funny we talk. We're going to talk about that now. So you know what? You made a good point because they think everybody think a third is supposed to be strong, 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 strong. I am so glad that you brought up that therapists are not perfect, and I think we have to recognize that to help them help us. Don't you agree? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think when so. I love working with clients who are ready to go into therapy. It allows me to, um, to, so the, people are very, um, I'm sorry. They're very, um, people feel very different about how therapists should disclose in therapy, right? Which it, the, the therapy session should never become about us. I'm, I'm agreeing in that. It should never become about us. But when I love people who come into therapy and they're actually ready to do the journey, because I in that those sessions, I can disclose, hey, listen, I've been on that journey, too. 
this is where I started, blah, 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 right? And it helps them open up and become a little bit more freer about their, their journey. And that's what I like. Uh, you know, that's that's really that's really a good point. It's funny that you mentioned that. And I'm so glad you're on this platform tonight and you're speaking to you speaking to us about us. And I was recently talking to a friend and she said, you know what? She said, I really want to. She said, I want to do therapy, but I don't want to do therapy. I'm scared. And I said, the only way and I just want to get your take. I told her the only way the therapy is going to really be effective is that you want you have to want it to your point. Then you have to embrace you have to trust the process. And I say, if you don't like, if you don't like your counselor, move on to you find somebody that works for you. What What are your thoughts on that? I'm totally agreeing with that. I think one when and it, it's it's crazy that you say that because I'm so in agreement with like with everything that you said. Um, I work so I do private practice, but I also work in the for the county doing mental health. So in the county, when I do mental health, I'm encountering a lot of people who don't realize either that they have mental health or are just not ready and in that space to um, to receive mental health. But in private practice, I've made it my business to where I simply say, I don't want to encounter people um, who are not ready for therapy. It makes all the difference. Um, not saying that people who come to therapy and not really ready at that point in time, um, that they can't get something from the journey, but it's make such such a bigger difference when you actually want to go through the journey and you embrace the journey it's such a different revelation um and i feel like i want my clients to have that and in order to do that you have to embrace the journey you have it has to be something that you want to go on and thank you for that smile but i'm just i'm just curious to know what are your percentage what is your ratio of women to men seeking um seeking your services Sadly enough, it's a it's a lot of women. I have a lot of women. Um, I have um, had three men, I think, in total. I started practicing um, privately in, in November. So it hasn't been a very long time that I've been on my own. Um, but I, I don't see a lot of men coming. Or if I see them, like, inquiring, um, they will um, not stay into therapy long. And um, and it, it's honestly heartbreaking for me to see because they do have a, a lot of men. Um, not that women don't, but I'm, I'm finding that men have a lot of stuff underneath that they need to come out in order to heal and go on these next journeys. Um, what I have started doing for men is allowing them to have um, one session. Uh, we talk about whatever you know, it is that they want to talk about, but I'm I'm asking them one particular question that I ask every male in there is why do they feel like it's uh, uh, mental health is important, especially for the black community? Uh, yeah, that's and that's you know that's that's true. But again, and what made you want to go into private practice, girl? I I needed private practice because. Um, I worked in an agency for so long that I really got tired of doing it their way. I don't think when, when at least for me, when it came to healing, um, a lot of these agencies like to keep people stuck. They're not talking about true recovery. They're not talking about true healing. It's 
how do we keep these people in and steadily making money? I don't care about the money. I want to see people healed so that our children can then be healed and that we don't have to keep trying to raise people, raise grown children at this point. Because that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing now is trying to fix grown children. Oh, you know what? I, 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 and I totally, I totally understand that. So you're saying in the traditional practice, they wanted, like you said, they wanted to medicate, then try to heal holistically. Would that be correct? Yep. Yep. And I have to be honest, I was working in, um, in substance abuse, in a substance abuse clinic. But at the end of the day, mental health and substance abuse go hand in hand. Yes. So, Oh, you know, I have to, I have to make that difference, but I also I also realize that at the end of the day, they did they they kept people sick. You know, it's just it's just a way to make to keep people sick. And I'm I'm out of that business. I don't want that business. I want total healing. I want true healing for people. I am so glad. You know, what you're doing is 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 so phenomenal because number one, you know, and like of course. We, you know, we have to not talk about George Floyd, you know, in this conversation. But, you know, what the mental health issue to me um, has always been there. It's always been there, you know, and I think it's been at the bottom. And George Floyd, unfortunately, his death brought it to the top. You know, it just, it just like exploded. Don't you agree? Yeah, I do. And in our own community here in Rochester, we had another male mental health, Black, um, you know, a, a death just like George Floyd, unfortunately. Um, and it and it definitely came to the top, and it um, it's so necessary that we address that mental health on all aspects, on in all aspects. You know. Um. So, mm -hmm. what I mean by that is that um. So for the county, I work in conjoint with law enforcement to address mental health. So. Oh, that's good. Do you go out with, do you do ride-alongs with them? Do they call you for their service? Are you going to be a consultant eventually, you know, to diffuse this, you know, de-escalate the situation by mental health instead of, you know, the other way? Yes, we are. We get called and dispatched at the same time as officers, which is why I'm so proud to be a part of the team that I'm on. Um, we, we, in the, the officers, you know, I have to give a shout out to them because they really stay, take a step back. You know, they're just like, this is not our, this is not our playing field. We want you to, to take total control here. And I can respect that because, you know, you know, some officers are just like, well, this is, you know, this is, this is my territory and they're territorial about it. But the, for the most part, the officers that I come into contact with, every one of them is just like, this is you, please take care of um, what you need to take care of and let us know how we can assist. And that's how it should be. When, when it comes to mental health cases and law enforcement. Definitely, you know, definitely, 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 definitely kudos because not enough is that. And I think that should be SOP nationwide. Don't, don't you agree with that? It's true. What's SOP? Standard operating procedures, I'm sorry. That should be, that should be a part of the training. When yeah, you first no, get to the academy. It should. And I don't know how many counties are doing this, but I know in our county we're having, um, officers going go through what is called CIT training. Um so it's basically like therapy training but within their system, right? 
Um, and it has the officers get mental health training so that they know when they go out onto calls, they are trained to identify mental health, um, what it looks like, and when they should be dispatching us for that extra support. So we can go on scene with them and do an assessment. And if we need to provide people with uh, resources, if we need to help with transport to the hospital so that they safely get there. So it's so many different aspects that um, I just enjoy about this team. I've always wanted to um, work work conjointly in that way. And thank you for all you do because that that is that is greatly needed. But I wanna I wanna circle back because you were saying you wanted to do this because of your family members, and you know I could I could speak on that too. And I think a lot of times because. You know, I, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. So, you know, they used to say touched in the head. It was always not so good, you know, connotations for having mental health issues. So what 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 were your family members thinking? They say, no, girl, she just touched in the head or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely touched in the head. It was her elevator don't reach all the way to the top. Um, You know, slow, just different condescending um things even today that I still have to catch myself on, right? Um, because they, but yes, so I still have to catch myself on certain things because those things, those saying that we had for that, you know what I mean? It's, it's not her elevator don't reach the top. It's, a, it's not her elevator don't reach the top. It's something that is mentally not happening or disconnected. And we have to help people try to make those connections as best as possible or provide them with the resources to do so. So it's not just their elevator don't reach the top and don't offer them nothing. You know what I mean? To help though, to help the, with the connection. And that's what a lot of the the older, you know, um, sayings did. It was recognizing that somebody had something mentally going on, but I didn't see a lot of resources that was given you know what I mean? And in, in, in order to help that. And, you know, and it's funny, I mean, because I'm really enjoying this conversation immensely, but I have a I have a good friend of mine. He's like a brother, but he was in Vietnam. And I remember as a child, the men coming home. Now I could see it clear as an adult. I'm like, I was telling his brother, I said, Philip, you know what? I said, Chuck, when they came home, it was no mental health. All they did, they didn't, they weren't even welcome back home. Do you understand? It was nothing. And now all of a sudden, you know, the uh, PSTD, PTSD, that wasn't even no thing. You know what I'm saying? They came on, they thought, you know, again, they had lost their mind. But I said, they didn't get them anything to how to deal with the coping of seeing what they saw over there. And although many were over there for two years and some people, you know, some of them did multiple tours. Don't tell me that didn't do something to the mind. <laughs> right. Right. No, for real. And that's why when, when we talk about different disorders, we really have to start um, knowing what resources are within our community in order to um, in order to help these people who have these issues. And do you want to talk about how people can get diagnosed? I mean, because sometimes you don't even know because if you're not diagnosed, you know what I'm saying, or you can't. I mean, because you know, different, different, different. Um, of course, different cities and states have different services. Some people have few. Some people have a lot and some people have none. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's, he's ready for his nap. 
Um, yeah, so different. So how do we go about this diagnosis? It's only a certain few people um, that can diagnose you. Um, other than, so I would just want to say on the part of diagnosing, um, when we diagnose, right? Diagnosing helps us with treatment. I feel like a lot of people avoid going to get treatment because they're scared of being diagnosed. I want my people to know that we don't have to be scared of a diagnosis, okay? It just simply helps us formulate a treatment plan. When I have a person with anxiety, I know what resources or what techniques, interventions, therapeutic interventions to use because the label of anxiety. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know how to, you know, honestly make people feel comfortable with that. But I do want to encourage people to know that the diagnosis is not to keep to keep, to stigmatize you. You know what I mean? I realize that it, it has been that for for a lot of years and the mental health community is doing a lot around trying to um, diminish that stigmatism. But it is challenging because there's so much within our communities. But always has been, though, you know, and I'm thinking and, and I think now what I what I've been noticing, I've been noticing like the millennials and the Gen Zers are embracing therapy more. They are. They are. So it's easier. It's easier to talk about. Right. Um, but it's still, you know, in, in my job, <laughs> I see a lot of older people, too. So it's the, a lot of the older vets. It's a lot of older um, people who are coming towards ending of life, right? So it's it's so many different um, spectrums of people, uh, populations of people that I'm seeing, um, and specifically with the older generation. And I'm gonna say, you know, I, I'm only 33, but my age and above, I'm definitely seeing like some of us have that stuck mentality where I'm not. I can't go to therapy for whatever reason. Oh, no. And it's funny. I was having a conversation with some colleagues last week about that. And I said, it's not the young. It's not the youngster. I said, it's the older people my age and like older. Oh, no, they don't need it. But I but I think, though, and you know, your studies and everything, I think this thing about it, you know, back earlier, you know, early on, people were really equipped to know what to do. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It was it was no starter kit. Like it wasn't, you know. And then, you know, you talk to your relatives, I talked to my relatives. It wasn't no starter kit for that. No. Nope. Nope. Bipolar wasn't even it wasn't even named for that. <laughs> nope. Nope. And they're and they're diagnosing a lot of people. I think that's where the stigma stigmatism came in at is that you want to do a lot of diagnosing, but then again, you're not providing psychoeducation around it. Right. So you may um, what I find in the, in the hospitals, they're going to tell the individual, hey, listen, you have you have a uh, border uh, border bipolar, but you don't explain to that person and the family so that they can support them in whatever they need. So it's like you're you're telling this person, oh, you have bipolar, and then you're allowing them to walk out the door 
without what? They don't have family support. They don't have other support. They don't have, so you know what I mean? I, I could imagine walking through this world just feeling like I'm diagnosed with something and I don't know what to do with it. And you said something that was interesting, psychoeducation. You want to touch a little on, on that? Because that's a new one on me. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So psychoeducation is just simply explaining, um, you know, when it comes to diagnosis, what that diagnosis is, um, the symptoms that are surrounded around that diagnosis, so how we come up with that diagnosis, um, the therapeutic interventions that can be used to help that diagnosis, um, the, the resources and supports on how we can gain, help, help the family understand the diagnosis better, right? We need, we need that. Um, and mainly just about providing that education around everything around that diagnosis. That is so important. So once you find out the diagnosis, do you actually meet, do you have, do you have a second appointment? with your client and their family members, you know, do y'all do like a call to get everybody together with virtual and say, this is what's going on. This is the course of action. So how do you, so, you know, um, navigate that process? Yeah. And private practice is just a little bit different um, just because, the, well, I think in therapy in general, maybe not just in private practice, but that person has to also want their family to be there. So there has to be a conversation around, you know, can we have the families that are coming in? And I'm always from from the very get go. That's one of the things I'm talking about with my clients, because I believe that a lot of the disorders that I come into contact have a lot of generational curses behind them or generational trauma, we'll call it generational trauma behind them. And it's just things that were never talked about, like within the family. So I have a lot of conversation with people earlier on in the conversation about uh, inviting their family members at some point throughout the therapy. Right. Um, when I was in the agency, that was really one of my um, requirements before letting them discharge successfully is that we had to have at least at least one um one um, session where a family member or a support of their choice came in and we did the discharge plan together. You know what? That is so needed. You would think that would be common. You know what I mean? But it's unfortunate. You don't, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think that's common. Do you? No, I don't. And that's where you know, I, I hate to feel like I'm putting a system down, but I do also feel like these systems were made to keep us, like I said, stuck because we know what works in the in the therapeutic intervention world. We know what works. So why aren't we doing everything that works, that we know works? Yeah, it works differently for all different type of people, but we have thousands of interventions to try. We have thousands of interventions to try, and some people just don't use them. But you know, and 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 I want to stay on that for a minute because it's 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 like going it's it's like getting any other type of medical treatment where you don't understand. You want somebody there with you that can help you interpret it. Mhm. Mm mhm. Because everybody, like you said, everybody doesn't know everything. Like I said, so many plans that you can you know implement with your clients and I'm just I'm just so glad that you 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 are touching on everything that is necessary and relevant to get us well. 
mm-hmm. to recognize it and to get us well. So, like I said, I cannot, you know, when you said you was coming on, I was so excited. I've been excited ever since you said yes. I've been so excited, you know, about this because you could be doing so many other things, but you chose to come on my platform and to make a difference. And I'm so um, appreciative of, of that. And this has been very educational for me, but I want to talk about me for like two seconds. But I went to therapy because nobody had to tell me. I just I just figured I needed it. <laughs> but I started out, I went to a black psychologist, a luxury African-American, you know, from the beginning. And she said, I can't treat you because, you know, we work together. But I'm going to give you a list of 10, 10 African-American therapists and go down the list. So lucky for me, the first one worked. And it took me, it took a couple of years to find out what was triggering my point. I never knew it until I was in my thirties. I'm like, is this what it was? <laughs> but I didn't know that because I never, you know what I mean? So I said, let me just go. And I was doing it before it became a thing. And I could tell you this, even on this plat on this platform that I could be the poster girl for this because I needed it. And everybody said, oh yeah, you really did it. I said, but I was ready. And to your point, for me, why I work into what you said earlier, because I, I wanted it. Nobody had to push me in it. So I came with a different perspective. Yeah, so for that, I am I am I am appreciative. You have done so much for this, for this community already, just by sharing. And hope, and you know, this is my goal is to get people enlightened. Because what you don't know, you don't know. What What are your thoughts? Well, I'm closing. What are your thoughts on the whole on this? Because what you don't know, yeah. you don't know. Yeah, and I I want to bring it, and that's why I don't mind going on different people's platforms to um spread the you spread the knowledge. You know, one thing about um a lot of people, I think they want to keep the information so that they can make money off of it. And that's the dangerous part where we put where we put dollar signs on people's worth, right? On people's healing. That's a that's a dangerous zone. We should want all of our people to be healed. Yes, that's true. I kind of like that too. But that's that's true though, because you really and my thing is because you you really have a good product and your fame and fortune is going to come by by the many people that you have touched. You know, like seriously, but you know, in closing, you wanted us to just take it. You want you want to close it out for me? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I just wanted to say that. Um, again, I'm extremely honored to be on your platform. Um, thank you for inviting me and allowing me to be so openly, um, just honest. Um, I think when sometimes we get on this platform, it's like, oh, we got to, you know, save face. Um, A lot of times I don't want to save face. I just I want to say how I want to say it. Um, We need therapy. We need healing. Um, Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to get out there and do it Um, for the people who are severely ill and have mental health. There are resources. Um, Please just reach out. All you have to do is reach out to me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, all those good uh, platforms. I am on all of them. So in my show notes, everybody, I'm going to have 
I'm going to, I'm going to have some more all her information on my platform. I have a social, I have a website, but if you want to um leave her a message imme immediately, she can be reached at 585-420-6632. She's available for counseling, individual, group, virtual, in person. If you're in the Rochester, New York, or New York area, she'd be love to have you as a client. Um, do a consultation, love to have you as a client. But I'm going to have all her inf all her information, you know, on on my show notes, and I definitely want you to reach out to her. But again, I'd like to thank you so much some more for your time to being on my platform. You know, today I'm going to be sharing this with everybody. Like I'm just so excited when I drop it. And you know, this is going to be in conjunction with Mental Health Awareness Month, with which is in May, and we really don't talk about that enough. So I'm going to have everything on. So again, eventually I'd like to have you back on for a follow-up eventually. And I like the fact when we come on, just come as yourself. Because when I do this, all, I'm going to say, look, she coming as herself. She ain't got to be all, we ain't got to be all fabulous, glammed up and all that. I mean, sometimes life is not about being glammed up. Right, right. Glammed up, you hiding from something. And I'm coming right. authentic. Cause we fabulous right. anyway. Like right. we are fabulous. And I'm like, right now she got she got the baby she watching because she doing that. That's what she do. She do everything. She makes sure everybody is good. So on that note, until next time for another edition of Cut the BS, your health, your choice. Be fabulous. <laughs>